Good morning. It is time to get up with the day that dreams are made of. We'll tell you what lessons this Lions leader learned the hard way. Oh, what a collapse. Meanwhile, Patrick and Travis and Andy, they do it again. We'll tell you why this was by far their greatest achievement yet. And then the agony of defeat. Did Lamar and the Ravens just see their best chance disappear right before their eyes? All that and a whole lot more. Oh, what a Monday we've got cooked up, folks. And delighted you are with us as we get up. Hey, hey. We are presented by ESPN Bet for Rex. His lion. We gotta get your we gotta get your dauber up this morning. I know it. He's got the tie that matches the band-aid this morning in Lions Blue, but it wasn't <laughs> meant to be. I know you watched it. Let's take you through some of the most important things that happened last night in San Francisco. That's where we begin NFC Championship, a trip to the Super Bowl on the line. All Lions early, Dan, including Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, and it was the run play that so many of us talked about, that pin pull. They do a little counter, get Gibbs out in space. He was spectacular early on with the ball in his hands. They had the three rushing touchdowns in the first half. It's 24-10 in the third quarter. This was the first of the two going for it on fourth down, the drop by Josh Reynolds. Yeah, good pressure by Bosa just to force Jared a little bit in the pocket movement. And then the drop by Reynolds is huge. Good decision by Dan Campbell. And then sometimes, RC, when things are going your way, things like this happen. Listen, you knew that they were suspect on the back end, especially at the corner position. Brandon Ayuk staying with the football there as it bounces off a of Vildor. It's, it's a, a, a miracle, right? There's no other way to describe it. That's the craziest thing. Well, this was one of this was one of two plays that Brandon Ayuk broke up that could have been interception. Yeah. yeah. Instead, that one puts them inside the five, and then Ayuk for the touchdown. Yeah, this is a really good route by Ayuk. He's got to keep his space. Brock Purdy, just a little bit of pocket movement, and then the ball right on his chest. Oh, and then, Ryan, this is the first Detroit play. It seemed like as soon as the game started to get a little tight, the Detroit Lions reverted back to who they've been the last 30 years. This is a huge play by the veteran Tayshawn Gibson. And they were making the point on the broadcast, Dan, that maybe the running back went the wrong way. Yeah, I think it's more Gibson ripping that ball out. There's definitely a little bit of miscommunication, but you got to credit 31 ripping that ball out. And then San Francisco takes advantage of it, punches it in with McCaffrey from the one-yard line. Look how easy they made that look. So now the Lions are down three points in the fourth quarter with a makeable field goal, and they eschew that for this play. I like the decision to go for it. Armstead makes this play, forces Jared to move the pocket, and then no one's open. If not, he's got an in route to Reynolds. Coming, that's going to be a huge conversion. Instead, they once again eschew the opportunity to tie it. 49ers now on a third and four. Oh, how good was Purdy with his leg? His reaction and instinct showed up in the second half. Just absolutely spectacular. Lions playing man-to-man coverage. He doesn't hesitate, takes off. So many big runs in that second half. The family is all fired up, and that leads to an easy touchdown again. Elijah Mitchell didn't get many carries this game. Christian McCaffrey gets him down there. He punches it in. So it's a 10-point lead. Lions desperation time after some very questionable clock management decisions. They do punch it in here. They get the touchdown to Jamison Williams. So now it all comes down I to the they onside were go for kick. Two. Yeah, that would have been even dumber than some of the other things they There we go. And, and there's the onside kick, which never works in the NFL anymore. And, of course, it doesn't here. That's all she wrote for the end of an incredible Lions season. Brock Purdy and company are headed to the Super Bowl. Coach Campbell, talk to me. You know, they were bleeding the clock out. That's what they do. Um, and I wanted to get the upper hand back, um, you know, and – it's easy hindsight, and I get it, you know. 
Um, I get that. But I don't regret those decisions. As a player, how do you factor in? Love it. Love it. Keep, keep us out there. Love it. We should convert. All right. That's it. Put your feet up. We've got a lot of time for you here. Commercial free. We're not going anywhere. We hope you won't either. We have so much to say. Rex, what is your first takeaway from Lions 49ers? The, the Lions just have to look themselves in the mirror and say, why did we lose this game? We gave it to them. Mm-hmm. They absolutely gifted this game. And it, and it just it drives me crazy because I'm going to say something. They had the best offensive game plan of anybody of any game this year. They were bludgeoning this football team. And quite honestly, right before half, if Jameer Gibbs doesn't slip, mm-hmm. they on go the up screen, three on scores the yeah. on the screen. Mm-hmm. That's a touchdown. If Goff doesn't, you know, uh, miss a two on the same drive, it's miss a it. touchdown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, at the end, okay, yeah, it, people are going to point to Dan Campbell about, oh, he shouldn't have gone for this. Yeah, that's because we have hindsight. I know what he's trying to do. He's trying to knock this team out, okay, and, and, and he does it. But are we going to sit back and look? We get a, a chance to intercept the ball. The young man, I got to say something. This kid was on the street mm-hmm. in week 10. Yeah, yeah. And he's starting. And he's starting. All right. Nobody, not one time do they talk about two backups playing guard, backups playing corners or whatever. They never talked about it. But the kid, unfortunately, drops an interception and Ayuk makes an unbelievable catch there. Right. And then they go back, turn around. The kid, he, he makes a mistake. Gibbs has fumbled one ball all season. He comes in, goes the wrong way, a mental, mental mistake, fumbles the ball or whatever. Now, all of a sudden, the game's tied. Yeah. And it, momentum just sw- you know, flipped like crazy. But to me, Dan Campbell, you know what was, who was consistent? Yeah. Dan Campbell was yeah. consistent. The, thir- the third quarter choked him out. Like, the third no. quarter choked Detroit. All right, so let's, let's, let's address the decision-making. 100% right decisions by Dan Campbell. I think anybody that disagrees doesn't understand the Lions this year, okay? Not only is it the right thing about who they are, but who they were playing and how they were playing. This isn't just an analytics thing. They've won four or five games this year by Dan Campbell doing just that. Now, I think this is what happens in when you, when you look at those fourth down decisions and to go for it or not. Third down matters a lot in this conversation. This is the third down. They motion the tight end over. They've got Amon Ross St. Brown at the backfield. They're going to run on the nickel. This is a great play design. Watch Fred Warner. This, they get the fourth down because Fred Warner makes an unbelievable freaking play. If not, that play might score, let alone get the first down. Then it goes to fourth down. We could sit here and say bad decision, or we could sit here and say drop. Which one is more likely? That that 20 times out of 24 times they've gone for it on fourth and three this year and got it, that it doesn't matter? So this is the third down before. They're going to bring cover 88. RC, you know this one. They're going to bring the backside backer, drop the defensive end, play cover two front side. It's a great call because they're throwing that out route to Amos St. Brown. Let's credit San Francisco. Make the tackle. Tackles. Okay? Yeah. yeah, like make the tackle. Third and ten goes to fourth and three. Then they go to fourth and three. Uh, Arik Armstead. Now watch Armstead in the middle of the pocket. Okay, this matters. If you don't get that internal pressure, two-man game in the middle of the pocket, bottom of the screen, we've got a big in route coming. Fred Warner takes that over route. That, that in route at the bottom of the screen is going to be wide open. But instead, Jared Goff has to leave the pocket and no one's open. So the plays are there to be made. It's just the reality that third down, San Francisco made them. There's a drop. And then fourth down, Armstead makes a play. The, the, the decision was the right decision. It's been who they have been all year. They were dominating the game. you got to credit San Francisco for making them. And Detroit had the drop. Yeah, can I just say one thing about that, that last 
down. The only time Detroit never knew what defense San Francisco was in was that play. Was on that play, Greeny, because before before that, Daniel, they showed man coverage. Right. They had the back outside. He motions back in the backfield. They're showing man coverage. They right. actually played zone. Right. And imagine that. They finally were creative. That took it off. Now, all of a sudden, the decision, like, oh, shoot. And that's why they know they can go for it on fourth down because they know the, they know. They've exactly been great at it all year. Defense, they the, the, the bottom line but, is, man, you win these games, right? People, you don't have to sit back or you can't sit back and wait for good football teams to lose championship games. And to me, that's what Dan Campbell wanted to do. I would have an issue with Dan Campbell if we go for the field goal there, right, and we miss the field goal, and I'm Jared Goff, I'm on Ra St. Brown, I'm one of those guys on defense, Aiden Hutchison, because I'm going to ask him, Coach, why are you switching up on me? Right. You've been consistent not only this year, since you got here. When we were 0-3, or when we only won three games in the first year, you believed in us. When we started out 1-6 last year, you believed in us. And now, all of a sudden, mm -hmm. with all of the cards on the table, you are going to change who you are to be, right? You're going to change from being the guy that went for three consecutive two-point conversions, even though we knew, the world knew, <laughs> that you shouldn't have been going for them. Because what it did was, when we got the third seed, when we did have home field, we beat the Los Angeles Rams. And it swung back around to us, and we beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So why in the hell would we not believe that if we go for it on fourth and three in the third quarter, on fourth and three in the fourth quarter, that we aren't going to get one yeah. Because we always get one. Yeah. When you look at this team, they were prepared to win this game. They didn't make plays. It's not only that drop for Reynolds. What about the third oh, down drop? On the crosser. Critical. On the crosser. Yeah. There are so many plays that should have been made in the second half by the Detroit Lions that just weren't. Sometimes it's about the guys executing the positions you put them in, yes. and the Detroit Lions did not do that. That's 100% so good. It's missed RC. opportunities. And missed opportunities all over the place. MOBP, missed opportunity for a big play by the young yep. DB, goes off his hands in his face mask. Who saw that coming? The kid had amazing coverage, all right, and then gives it up. And then the, the drop on third down by Josh Reynolds is great. The other thing, what happened to the great punt? They have a great punt. They can down that they on the one-yard line. Yep. They, they don't get it. So the opportunities were there. And you're right. Everybody's going to point to the Neanderthal coach again. B.S. I don't They're think the, there because of that damn yeah, guy. And I don't think the decisions – everyone gets wrapped up in, like, the analytics and everyone wants to blame analytics when these things happen. I honestly don't believe a lot of this is an analytics thing. I believe it's an identity thing for Dan Campbell. R.C., I think your point of, like, this is what he started to do when they weren't a good football team and in part of the reason why they became, they became a good, a good team. football team. And also – the way the game was going, they were dominating the football game. It was fourth. They, they've gone for it on fourth and three or less 25 times this year. They've converted on 20 of them. Yeah. They 80%. And, and, and two, listen, listen, right now, San Francisco 49er fans love me and hate me both. They probably they, they hate I, me because hate of what you. I said last week, but they love me because I actually answer DMs when you cuss me. Okay. And, and, and <laughs> in the first in the first half, there was a San Francisco 49er fan who was scared as hell. And right, he was basically saying, maybe you were right. And I said, there's a lot of football left to be played. Yeah. Because I know it's about execution. Right. Yeah. It's not about who can jump out, it's about who can finish. 
And when you don't finish, when you give up the field goal early in the second half, when you allow them to drive after the fourth down, after the fourth down stop, you're letting a team who believes they're supposed to be in the Super Bowl, who believes they're the best team in football, hang around. And what they're saying, what I would be saying if I'm down in halftime in the divisional playoff game, 21 to 7 to the Baltimore Ravens. If I'm down in the Super Bowl, whatever we were down to the Green Bay Packers, what I'm saying, what Coach Tomlin is saying when we walk off the field, what Kyle Shanahan is saying is we have been here. They have not. And because they haven't been here, if it gets tight, other things on them will tighten. Yeah. And when they do, that's when we make plays. And that's what the San Francisco 49ers so look, did. You, you don't lose a game that you lead 24-7 to without contributing to that. So clearly, they made a variety of mistakes. The Josh Reynolds drops. Jared Goff has two touchdowns that he misses in the game. One in the first half, one on the pass to Laporta yep. in the second half. Those are things that happen in a game. The first fourth down, I have no issue with him going the for. fourth and two drop. That was completely in character with what they do. Okay. It's one thing to be in character. It's another thing also not to take into account the circumstances of a game. Personally, I think he should have kicked the field goal the second time to tie it. But I even understand that. But there is absolutely, this is the, the second one here. Here's, You're on the 30-yard line. Here's Greeny on this one yeah. real quick, okay? Here's the reality. You're down three, okay? If you don't get this, mindset-wise, I think there's like six or seven minutes yeah. left in the game. Right. Mindset-wise, you sit there and say, if we don't get this and they go down and get three, we still have the chance to go win the football game. I think that's Dan Campbell's mindset is at least our defense can now they didn't. San Francisco goes down and scores. But that's kind of what the philosophy is in those right. moments. And so that's fine. I get it. I, d- I would have done it the other way. The analytics actually say it was a, a toss-up. It was th- There was no lean one way or the other. But let me tell you, with one minute and five seconds left in the game, Dan Campbell made one of the worst coaching decisions oh, I've ever seen a person true. make, and I'm watching the sport 50 years. 105 left to play in the game. You have all three of your timeouts, and you're on the one-yard line. Running the ball there is inexcusable. There is no excuse for it. You leave yourself in a situation now where you need an onside kick no matter what in a league where the onside kick has become impossible to recover. I don't care what anybody well, says. You can go for it. All the fourth downs you want. Yeah. Running the ball there was inexcusable. Right, and also, too, though, We've given a lot of credit to offensive coordinator Ben Johnson. Do you think Dan Campbell's in his ear telling him, don't run the football? I no. hope so. And, and I, when you I, look sure, at, why would and, anyone have to tell the, you Because the other piece is this. Like, when you look at this team, they scored that way. You said it yourself. There were three touchdowns in the first half scored running the football. And the first thing I'm saying, if I'm the San Francisco 49ers, is play action pass. Why? Because that's what everybody expects you to do. I'm not saying... I'm not saying it's the right call. I'm not saying that it's the smart call in the moment. What I'm saying is sometimes smart coaches make decisions on things that are extremely valid that just don't yeah, work. I, I, Greeny, again, I'm going to disagree with oh you. Oh, my God. Greeny, I've, I've watched this team on fourth down when, like, timeouts weren't even an option and the, the clock was going to be an issue. Run the football in. Here's the reality. The nickel, I think Brown and Fred Warner make that play. Right. The play before they try to throw the ball, San Francisco's in coverage, and it's a dead play. I don't think that – like, watch. The, you got to credit defenders at some point. If Jamison Williams comes down and cracks that nickel, Montgomery's going to walk in, but Fred Warner's then allowed to bounce over the top, 
and it's a, and it's a, a, a tackle for loss. Yes, you got to call the timeout there, and I know again. And it ends the game. The timeout. No, it does. Yes, it Greeny. does. If Greeny, you don't no, get the doesn't. onside kick, you, they can now kneel the game out, which is what they did. Yeah. They didn't get the onside kick, though, Greeny. But you're never going to get an onside kick in the NFL anymore. You cannot play for an onside kick in pro no, football since they changed that rule. So you think that because they don't get or they run the ball there and they don't get it, that the Lions – hey. They have, have to call a timeout. Greeny, they're going to get the ball back. They're going to get the ball back. They have to go to distance with like 50 seconds left. No, Greeny, not, yes. not that much. Hey, Greeny. What are you talking they about? They got a seven-yard run on five <laughs> seconds left. San Francisco got like a seven-yard run on first down. What? I mean, you're going to have to stop them hey, one Dan, way or the other. You, Dan, Dan, you know what really happened? What? Right? There was a kid that had an opportunity to step up down 17. And Brock Purdy Damn understood sure that the magnifying yep. glass was on him. Sure. And when the magnifying glass is on you, right, when the, when, when the lights come on at the club at 2 a.m., all of your imperfections show. The people who are the most confident are the ones who are the most self-aware. Yeah. Brock Purdy was self-aware yeah. in the second half. Brock Purdy was 13 for 16, 174 yards. He rushed for 49 yards. Going into the Super Bowl now, he's accounted for 74% of the San Francisco 49ers offense. Yeah. You know who's closest to him? Patrick, Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes, the person that he's playing. Brock Purdy said to himself, I'm going to revert back to what I know. And what I know is, if he's open, I can hit him. What I know is, if it's not open, my legs can get me a first down. What I also know is, I know where everybody on this field is going to be. I know that my skilled players can make plays, and I am going to give them opportunities to do so. Here is what Brock Purdy did, in my opinion. What Brock Purdy did was separate himself from Tua Tungavaloa. He separated himself from Dak Prescott. He separated himself from Justin Herbert. He separated himself from Kirk Cousins. All of these people can put up numbers. The things that will echo in the eternity of football is what you do at this time of the year. Yeah. How you stack up against the best in the world. And to me, I looked at him and I said, you execute well within this offense. What did you do without Debo Samuel? What did you do against the number one defense? What did you do in the first playoff game? He couldn't have been in a worse position that he made the best position for a proving ground of why he's the franchise quarterback. He did every single thing you have to do to win a championship football game. And for all that Dan Campbell did, for all that the Detroit Lions did, if this kid doesn't step up and be the absolute best player in Santa Clara yesterday, we aren't having this discussion anyway. Yeah, Yeah, and he'll never get credit. And here's the great thing. And that's why I remember when I said early in the season, he reminded me of somebody. All right. Well, look at him now. Is that not what somebody else would do back in the day, Joe Montana? The same thing. Look, what he do last week? Last week, San Francisco were 0-30 when trailing by a touchdown or more more in the fourth quarter. It brings them back wins. This kid here was at his absolute best in crunch time. He does it over and over and over again. And by the way, you know why Jared Goff is not elite? Because of mobility. Yeah. Sure. This kid's mobility won that game. And that's what I think it's underrated uh, thing that he does. And, and that's something that was always important. Bill Walsh always said mobility is, is one of the biggest things a quarterback can have. He uses legs to win games. Yeah, watching, him, watching him in the second half yesterday made me think of Joe Burrow's Super Bowl run. Mm-hmm. Just when, when you had to go use your legs. It wasn't just, like for me, the mobility. It was... 
The mobility when it comes to the instincts and reactions. The mobility when you get out of trouble, two hands are on the ball. The mobility when you're getting taken to the ground and your eyes stay downfield and you find a throw. That reminded me of Joe Burrow. And it's not flashy and it's not sexy, but there's so much substance to it. It was spectacular. I thought he was clutch, and I thought he was a difference maker in the second half specifically. To, to, to me, to me, it was above just it was above just being timely. It was above just being clutch. It was taking what the defense gave you, and when they didn't give it to you, you took more. Yeah. I thought that Brock Purdy Playmaker. showed exactly what you have to show to not only make the people around you confident in you, but to be confident in yourself. He had to prove that. And I think you go back to six for seven on that game-winning drive against the Green Bay Packers, and that carries over to that moment where he jogs in the halftime knowing he had what it took. Yeah, that third, we're going to leave it. I mean, I got to leave it there for the moment. We have much, much more on that game, and we've got to get to the AFC game. Same level of drama, so many questions. Mahomes and company back to the Super Bowl. What do we say about them today, and what do we say on the other side? Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, was this their best opportunity? There's so much to do on a Monday morning. It's Get Up on ESPN. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from $25 and under to $100 and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. 
And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Get Up is presented by ESPN Bet, the official sports book of ESPN. As we continue, we're going to talk a lot about Travis Kelsey, who was just spectacular yesterday. And as has been discussed a great deal, Taylor Swift has a concert in Tokyo on Saturday night, February 10th. Who, who expects her to be in Las Vegas on Sunday night, February 11th? Yeah. <laughs> sure, right? I mean, she's got to be where February. Oh, yeah. I mean, she probably, she only probably have a PJ. She probably got a real plane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a real plane. Maybe she can get a lay down seat. The old encore. <laughs> yeah. Hope American has a nonstop. She ain't hopping in the back like us. Coming up, Patrick and Travis and Andy do it again. We'll tell you why this was their greatest achievement yet. So much to be said on both sides of the AFC game. Next. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Bottom of the hour, we continue on Get Up. We are presented by ESPN Bet. We opened with the NFC story. Let's take it out of the AFC. And RC, this was your kind of game. Even before kickoff, <laughs> these guys were getting serious. Hey, hey, we got Surly, Travis Kelsey. We got some left thrown with the DBs. Why is the DB on DB crime, though? It's got tempers. <laughs> Meantime, how about Travis Kelsey in this first half? Yeah, I mean, spectacular throwing catch. The back shoulder, kind of like an out and up. And the only place you could throw it and just an unbelievable catch by Kelsey. Speaking of unbelievable, how about this play? MVP type of play. This it, Fireworks to start this game. When this game started and both these quarterbacks came out like this, I was yeah. like, oh my gosh. Gets away from Chanel and then finds Zay Flowers with the perfect throw downfield. But, but early on and after this Swag surf action there. It was. What you know about the swag surf? Yeah. Really? Well, I was I was watching Taylor Swift doing it in the in the box the week before. That's Pacheco for the touchdown that gives Kansas City the lead. And then Steve Spagnolo's defense was unreal. This was just a great play. He finished on the football. They always tell you to sack the football. It was just a four man rush. Great coverage on the back end. Lamar holds it a little bit too long. Huge play. 17-7 Kansas City at the half. First play of the fourth quarter. 
This is the one that changes everything as it looks like Zay Flowers is going in. Now, he had just caught a shallow cross before, and then he catches that shallow again. I think if he bursts through, he scores, decides to leave his feet. Legereus Sneed, an unbelievable yeah. job of punching that ball out. Legereus Sneed has been a star the entire season. People should really know this guy's name. Followed Zay Flowers the entire day. Two of the biggest plays of the night. Yeah, we're going to go more deeply into those oh. in a few minutes. What is this? Just a force. I mean, there's a double move at the bottom you saw Lamar peek at it and then that backside safety Bush who had just come in followed his eyes the whole way throws it into triple coverage if he doesn't pick it both in might just a poor decision and one that was absolutely assumed by Lamar Jackson that, that was one of the big plays in the game here now here's the one that seals it Mahomes and company <laughs> a third down I mean he's dropped it four times he dropped it all year long you got to credit it all you, you have to credit MBS He's been hated on all year. He's made so many drops. The past two weeks, he's made huge catches. He's been critiqued correctly. He has not yes. been hated on. Fair, fair enough. Then the we got to give him his flowers. The correctly. superstar afterwards. <laughs> After the game, let's hear from the quarterbacks. We met. You know, we, we got the disposition. One game away from the Super Bowl that we all, well, that what I've been talking about, my team been talking about all season, and we fell short. And like I said, offense, we didn't put nothing on the board. We scored once. That's not like us, you know. We drove the ball down the field, that's cool, but we got to put points on the board. But I feel like my team's just angry, you know. Not frustrated, we just angry because we know how hard we worked to get here. You do it with these guys after what we've been through all season long, the guys coming together, um, it really is special. But uh, I, I told them, I mean, the job's not done. I mean, our job now is to prepare ourselves to play a good football team in the Super Bowl and try to get that ring. Okay, so we have set aside a lot of time to do all angles of this game. We're going to do the Ravens half of it in a few minutes. Let's start with the Chiefs half of it. What are the right things to say Spags. today? Spags. <laughs> You're going to start with the defensive coordinator, aren't you? You have to. I think Steve Spagnuolo, defense coordinator, reminded us, like, I'm the best defense coordinator in the game. You can make the case he's one of the greatest playoff defensive coordinators in football, and I thought the plan he put together was spectacular. The way that they skunked Lamar in this offense, one, baited them into throwing the ball so consistently. Think about it this way. Two weeks ago, baited Buffalo into running the football all the time and then baited Baltimore into throwing the football all the time. And I thought he called the game guys like an offensive coordinator. All the different personnel groupings that he rolled out, five or six different ones. And then Lamar missed throws. I mean, every throw felt long. And I think you heard Romo on the broadcast say just – a ball or, or, or a yard or two long on every single throw. The, the, the panic, the rattle, the unsettled nature of Lamar was different than any version that we had seen of Lamar this season. Yeah, see, I think Spags dictated the style of play. And you, you had mentioned got, you know, Buffalo to run the ball. He gets these guys to throw it or whatever. And that's what great coaches do. And when you say from an offensive uh, perspective, no, a real defensive coach will do this. And to me... This is the guy. You have the, the black piece on the chessboard. You get the move last. That's why a great defensive coach can always dictate the style of play. Mm. Great ones do that. Spag's a great one. All right? And, and to me, he's one of the best Rex, you know, played, of all time. Uh, he played six different personnel. Yeah, of course. And that's what you do. 
especially when the other side of the ball allows you to do it. Yeah. This is the stupidest game plan I've ever seen. And you know what, Greg Roman, every single person needs to apologize to you because you got blamed for everything about <laughs> what was wrong in Baltimore, and it wasn't you because this this new guy that we uh, praised the hell out of. Todd Munkin. Yeah, Todd Munkin. By the way, with the new guy. You, you don't have guy. Tom Brady. Do you realize your quarterback is Lamar Jackson? Not Tom Brady. What in the hell are you doing dropping back 82% of the time? This is a team that led the NFL in rushing attempts. They had six whopping rushing attempts yeah. to, the, to the running backs. So Spike's like, I'll put every little dude. Hey, RC, you go play D-tackle. Because they ain't going to run the ball. What the hell are you doing? Okay, so we just switched it up, obviously. Sorry, so we, I no, apologize. Okay. We'll get to Mahomes later. Yeah, Let's I deal in up. that. Because what, how, however much of this was about what Steve Spagnuolo dictated, Dan just made the point. And Tony Romo, I thought, on the broadcast yesterday made it as well. Lamar Jackson seemed, for whatever reason, hesitant to just tuck it in Romo. Everybody did. Romo kept saying, one hitch, two hitch, and go, and he wouldn't do it. When you look at the Baltimore Ravens, they played as if they had imposter syndrome. Mm. They played like a team that, as much as they wanted the world to think they felt they deserved to be there, they played like a team that didn't feel like they deserved to be there. Their quarterback pressed. When you look at Lamar Jackson in the most pressurized moments, he didn't revert back to what he knew. It almost seemed like he was playing to prove to the world, I can win playing this way. When all the Baltimore Ravens need him to do is just win being Lamar Jackson. And I know there were points in this season where we praised him for his ability to scramble to throw, his ability to create to throw where there were opportunities yesterday where he could have been the best athlete on the field because he is and he chose not to do that at some times and I do believe it's some of what Steve Spagnola was able to do Dan mentioned the amount of DBs they had on the field to sort of match the speed of Lamar Jackson well let's think back to his rookie season when we watched the Chargers do the exact same thing Mm. by using Derwin James Mm. and so we actually thought or we believed because of what we saw in the regular season that Lamar Jackson and this offense had progressed well what is it about it's about when you get in the biggest moment if you've had this consistent level of excellent play we're just asking asking you to be excellent again right that's the baseline now what do the greats do the greats in that moment they raise that play the greats in that moment they get even more laser focused they get even more relaxed because they're built for this right I believe that Lamar Jackson is built for this But Lamar Jackson has to show it. And the same way I came on the show last week and I said, no matter how much talent you have, no matter how great your regular season is, it's about making plays in these moments. And I'm not going to give you the fact that Zay Flowers dropped the ball because you had an opportunity to make the right decision in throwing the football to Isaiah Likely. You had an opportunity to make pinpoint accurate passes when your receivers were able to get steps on the Kansas City Chiefs uh, defensive backs. You had an opportunity to use your legs, which are the most impressive and best and dynamic legs we've ever seen on a quarterback and you chose not to Lamar Jackson is going to have to sit on this for the offseason and say I didn't do enough yeah he can say that he's mad and his team should be mad because you had the best team 
There were other years where I was like, he put this team on his shoulders and ain't no way he's supposed to win a Super Bowl with Hollywood Brown being his best receiver. Ain't no way you're supposed to win a Super Bowl when you can't stop the run against the Tennessee Titans. But you're supposed to win the Super Bowl this year. The Kansas City Chiefs are the most vulnerable this year. You're the best player in the world this year. You have the best defense this year and you don't do it. So the same way that we pissed on Dak Prescott. When he lost the same way I felt about Josh Allen when he lost, you got to feel the same way about Lamar Jackson. And this tells me too, Patrick Mahomes ain't got no rival. He don't, he does not not. have one. It's Patrick Mahomes and everybody else. And if you bring in anybody into the conversation, it's only Joe Burrow because right now he's the only person in the AFC that has shown that he can slow his heartbeat down and compete against the great. It's a disastrous loss for Baltimore. MVP, number one seed, historic defense. Patrick Mahomes was absolutely spectacular. And and we saw the difference with Patrick and everybody else. When they needed Patrick to be great, he was absolutely great. It's the best run that I've seen him and Andy Reid go on. And the throws that he made between him and Travis Kelsey early on in that game, no one else outside of Brady and Gronk are making in this game. And that's what makes them so special. And no receiving duo or no combination has ever done more in the postseason than Mahomes and Kelsey now have. They've been that long. Rewriting the record books. It's ridiculous. And they've done it in six years. All right, there's a lot more to get to there because the Ravens made mistakes throughout that game yesterday that were so startling. We have plenty of time to get to it. ESPN Bet, meanwhile, I'll remind you, is the official sports book of ESPN, the only place you can find exclusive offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. New users get $100 of bonus bets after making any sports book bet. Download today. What a play. We will have plenty more on how the Ravens didn't get it done yesterday and then a lot to say about the guys who did. What did this mean for Lamar and Travis and Andy? The answers are next. Welcome back to Get Up. We are presented by ESPN Bet. And if you're waking up in Kansas City, you're going back to the bowl. Playing press on the outside. Mahomes will throw it in the pocket. He's launching one long. Marquez Valdez scampering. Catches the ball at the Raven 30 on his backside. And you can doubt the Chiefs. You can dislike the Chiefs. You can disrespect the Chiefs. You're going to have to deal with the Chiefs being the AFC champions for the fourth time in five seasons. The Chiefs have the Lamar Hunt trophy and they're taking it to Vegas for Super Bowl 58. It's <laughs> a good call. This might have been their hardest road to get there. Again, four and five years. They're the third team to make the Super Bowl four times in five years. Jim Kelly's Bills did it. Tom Brady's Patriots did it. And now here are Patrick Mahomes and these Chiefs. And look, there are a lot of people who are willing to say it right now, and I 100% am. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback I've ever seen. I've been watching the game 50 years. He's the best quarterback I've ever seen. If you want to argue that Tom Brady still deserves the the title of GOAT because he did it longer and all that, that's fair. Patrick Mahomes has been doing it for six years. But he's the best I've ever seen, and this is his best accomplishment. Yeah, this is – that is not hyperbole, Greeny. That is the absolute truth. I think – 
So many times people try to look at numbers and metrics and analytics instead of just looking and using their eyes and watching a guy play, watching a guy affect the team and watching a quarterback change the legacy resume and career of a Hall of Fame coach and Andy Reid. Mm -hmm. Andy Reid has been a great coach every single year he's been in the NFL. He's never been as good as he has the last six years with Patrick Mahomes. And this is not only just Patrick Mahomes' greatest run as an individual player, I believe it's his greatest run as a leader. Let's think back yes. to that Monday night versus the Philadelphia Eagles. And we all come in here Monday morning. I mean, we, we come in here Tuesday morning, and he's saying that I could have thrown the football better. That <laughs> Marquez Valdez-Scatling, who is butt booty, wide and open, right, who drops the football, he said, maybe if I throw it a little bit shorter, he could catch it. And what that said to me is he's not only a good teammate, he's one of the best teammates in the world. Yeah. And if I'm Valdez Scantling, what I say is at some point, I'm going to swing this back around to him and make up for letting him down. And if you think about the last week, the two big catches against the Buffalo Bills, and then to have the faith in your wide receiver to go back to him in this crucial moment, in the same sort of position, in the same sort of play, and say, I'm going to give you another chance. And for Valdez Scantling to make that play, it shows who Patrick Mahomes not only is on the grass for this team, but who he is in the building. I go back to Patrick all throughout this season consistently saying I'm gonna keep throwing it and many of us myself included are like you better stop because they're not <laughs> trusting or they're not like earning your trust I think that the thing that we've seen from Patrick is we've seen this incredible evolution they scored 17 I don't want to miss like describe this game but they were going against a historically great defense and if you watch early on in that game it was like vintage Patrick the old school Patrick making some unbelievable throws between him and Travis Kelsey and that's what they needed they needed to take a jump on this football team to allow the dictating uh, of the game they sprint right this is fourth and two the, the Ravens are in the perfect play call he snaps his eyes backside this is, happens once a year you make this throw once a year to Kelsey and snaps his eyes and throws it perfectly out in front on the run. And then this is Kelsey one-on-one. -on -one. Kelsey's going to push up, run an out route versus man coverage, and then an, a, a go route. It's a double move. There's one place to throw this football. You have to throw it on his back hit versus Kyle Hamilton. He just so happens to do it, and it's unbelievable throw and catch. And then this is third and five. This is the play that was crazy. It's 10 seconds. Where he throws this football to Kelsey, and the adjustment by Kelsey is absolutely spectacular. He's the only guy in the, in the history of the NFL is making this throw. The history of the NFL making that throw. But then the evolution is this. Once they get that lead, he manages the game. He doesn't take unnecessary sacks. He doesn't force the football to unnecessary places and give any type of momentum or life back to Baltimore. That's the growth that we've seen over the past couple of years for, for Patrick. When he needs to be special, he's special. And when he needs to just control the game, he's able now to control the game. He is he's the best game manager in the league, in addition to being the most spectacular player. We just had a stat up there. He's gone six consecutive playoff games without an interception. Yeah. No one in the history of And you're of not supposed to be able it. to make the – the jaw-dropping, oh, wow, ridiculous wow throws and not throw interceptions. Yeah, I got to say this because, I, I mean, I've had to defend against some great ones yeah. or whatever. And, and it's funny because going in and, you know, Joe Montana was always the standard, okay. all right? Then all of a sudden, nobody loved to be better than him. Tom Brady. Then all of a sudden, Tom Brady shows up. Yeah. All right? And nobody loved to be – I mean, there's no chance in hell. This guy's by far the best of all time. 
this kid's going to be all right. Oh, my God. Like, are you kidding? How, did, how the heck does this happen? Your point, Greeny, about him being a game manager. Yeah. All right? No interceptions, 11 touchdowns these, these last two playoff seasons, 6-0. and oh. He's taken five sacks in six games. This is what he refuses to do. You talk about a game manager? Game managers don't have negative plays. This guy is ridiculous about it. He really is. He stays alive and gets rid of the football. He never takes a, a sack. I mean, takes five, one a game. Like, it's a joke he's better how than good he is. is. Yeah. No, he's – and he's heading – to me, this is the greatest era of quarterback play ever. Yeah. And nobody's close. So, yeah. Nobody's close. Yeah. I also I, thought they – go ahead, RC. No, I just think – I think that having a player start their career – as fantastic as Patrick Mahomes, 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards, MVP in your first year, and continue to grow, right? The numbers aren't always going to say it because it's going to be difficult to either equal that or surpass that every year. So where are you getting better? Are you getting more intelligent? Can you understand defenses better? Can yeah. you put your guys in a better position to succeed? And on top of that, can you empower them mm. to succeed? Mm. Every time that we point to Tom Brady, we talk about the Edelmans, we talk about the Amendolas, we talk about the Wes Welkers, all of these players who weren't thought to be great football players that Tom Brady allowed to be that way. We have to start speaking about Patrick Mahomes in that same vein. And you look at what he and Travis Kelsey were able to do. I don't know how many more times we're going to see this. I don't know if Travis Kelsey walks away after maybe winning this Super Bowl. But what they did in that first half was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. You knew that Travis Kelsey needed to step up. He hasn't been his vintage self the entire year. And Patrick Mahomes still went to him in the tightest of coverages, in the biggest of moments, and they were able to connect. That is repetition. That is experience. That is confidence. But more than anything, the Kansas City Chiefs walked into this game and said, we are the Super Bowl champions. Yeah. Not past, not just future, but present. And we are going to play that way. It didn't matter what field they were on. It didn't matter the odds. And I think that's what showed up more than anything to me. And can we also give credit to their entire coaching staff, starting with yeah. Andy, obviously. And we gave credit to Steve Spagnuolo and Matt Nagy. I thought they outcoached Baltimore in every conceivable oh. way, beginning with the fact that they looked ready for the moment and the Ravens did not. The, the better, more prepared, more mature, mature team won. And that was Kansas City. Well, and, and last big, week, like, Remember last week, the Baltimore game, we, we lauded Andy Reid. Matt Nagy for the way that they ran, set formations in, ran at the nickel. Yesterday, they got in what we call like that four-strong formation, four people to one side of the football 13 times. They did it seven different ways, okay? And, and they ran out of it. They ran the RPOs out of it. They got into their play-action game or their drop-back game out of it. I, I, again, like you have to praise Andy Reid and Matt Nagy for figuring out, okay, how can we take – like the simple, dress it up and make it really exotic. And they lived in that four strong, and they attacked Baltimore very specifically early on. And I thought it was clinical again by that coaching. We staff. have an excellent tape on that that will run for you as we continue here this morning. There's so much. Someone call Stephen A. and tell him I need another hour. We have so <laughs> much to do. So you think Stephen A. gonna give up TV time? In the meantime, <laughs> I'm not suggesting he's going to do it. I'm just suggesting we could <laughs> make the offer. Anyway, NBA Wednesday this week we have KD and the Suns in Brooklyn taking on the Nets. That's 8.30 Eastern on ABC. Then Dame returns to Portland uh, as the uh, Bucks face the Trailblazers. That's 10 Eastern on ESPN. Coming up, much more on this day that dreams are made of. We're going back to San Francisco to talk about the lessons the Lions leader learned the hard way. 
What a collapse from Detroit. Rex will tell you what it meant next.